Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Gays Against Guns is an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ plus people and allies committed to nonviolently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. Investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and politicians who block safer gun laws. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show. Radio Gag is your update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. Please subscribe to get our updates in your mailbox. I'm your host, Ty Kersley. And I'm Sarah Germaine Lilly. Welcome to Radio Gag this week on our show, a report on the Pulse Memorial Vigil held at Stonewall Memorial Park in Greenwich Village. Juneteenth on Fire Island. Ty Kersley talks with Tom McDash about this important event. Voices from the assault weapons ban, DC survivors sit in. Queer Liberation March preview. Libby Edwards talks with David Mills, comic actor on his viewpoint of living in the UK and back in the States and gives us a preview of his cabaret show at Pangea Glamour and Despair with the song Life During Wartime. And we didn't even say June is busting out all over because it's June. That's why that's why we have all of these stories. Now we bring you news coverage of the 7th Pulse Memorial Vigil by Gays Against Guns at the historic Stonewall Memorial Park. The Stonewall Memorial Park, decorated with pride flags, was vandalized the night before, a vivid reminder of how the LGBTQ plus community is targeted for violence and how we make a different standing for queer people and the right to love who you love. Thanks, Fox 5 News, for having our story. Tonight, a somber anniversary is being remembered. It's been seven years since 49 people lost their lives when a gunman opened fire at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Fox 5's Kendall Green live in Greenwich Village with more on the vigil held to mark that devastating tragedy. Kendall. Hey, good evening, Steve and Natasha. Lots of love, hugs, and at times tears in support of the 49 victims of that mass shooting in Orlando, the Pulse Club mass shooting. And since since then, many recent mass shootings have had this group sending a clear yet silent message across Greenwich Village tonight. As Florida remembers the 49 victims gunned down at a deadly shooting rampage at Pulse nightclub in Orlando, seven years later, the victims' faces fanned across New York City streets, carried by supporters as a sign of solidarity. The whole idea is that you are holding space in silence for our siblings who no longer have a voice. The group Gays Against Guns emerged from 2016's tragedy, Monday's all-white silent vigil, an effort to honor the victims slain in the attack that left families and the LGBTQ community alike, feeling the terror it created years later. We feel very vulnerable, and this is an evening for us to come together and be supportive of each other. Sympathizers held signs calling for a ban of assault weapons, advocating for the passage of what they view as common sense gun laws. There are red flag laws that still have not been passed to protect domestic violence victims, to protect uh, people who are fearful in their own homes. We just want responsible gun ownership and limited access to things like assault weapons. When you look at that photo, 
I saw, I I'm going to cry now. For the second year, Mary Amsterdam is among those marching to remember. This year, she represented the life of 23-year-old Stanley Almondover III, one of the 49 victims killed in the gay club shooting. It's kind of a big sense of responsibility to stand in the place of another human whose life was, life was unnecessarily taken because of the plague of gun violence in our country. That same burden of responsibility carried by dozens of others, like Sandy Radoff, who's representing Simon Carrillo, also gunned down. Just holding this picture, what does it mean to you right now? It's heartbreaking that somebody 31 years old in the prime of life was struck down for no reason and was just out for an evening enjoying themselves with friends. Now, three aims of that event to serve as a reminder of that shooting. Uh, two, a call to action banning assault rifles. And three, it's uh, observation of Pride Month with several events similar to it set to uh, go take place across the city uh, later on this month. But for now, reporting in Greenwich Village, Kendall Green, Fox 5 News. Certainly a tragedy. All right, Kendall, thank you. And Ty, it's June. The vigil was fantastic this year. There was so much coverage. There were so many people. It really had a special feeling. What was your experience? Um, I didn't have the, uh, uh, I wasn't planning that action. So I was able to be kind of an observer. I wasn't an HB either. I was live streaming. So I was able to kind of see it form up. And then the interaction as people walked by to, you know, remember the original 49 uh, human beings that were killed at Pulse. So as an individual story, uh, it just kind of, it stops people in the middle of their day and they take time and, and look. And that interaction is really what I was able to kind of absorb this year. And then blo blocking traffic with, you know, our sign and ban assault weapons now, just bringing attention. It's been seven years since our community was um, gunned down by an easily accessible weapon of war. So that day is very important to us. Um, and people came out that I haven't seen in a while and they will always come out for that. And, and some were in HB um, and, you know, other uh, GVP groups joined us, uh, which was nice that we had Sandy and Lonnie Phillips there and um, Kim Parker Russell. It was so, yeah, let me see. so we had Kim Parker Russell. We had um, survivors empowered and uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was good to kind of have um, a presentation for other groups instead yeah. of it necessarily being us tagged onto theirs. It was nice yeah. that they showed up. I think they loved uh, being part of what we were doing clearly. And then the other great thing about it was the opportunity to um, bring people in closer to gag because I know I gave away so many buttons and cards and talked to so many people who are now planning to uh, come to meetings and you know hey everybody who's listening you have the opportunity to to get involved in the gun violence prevention movement you can help us save lives and reduce injuries uh, through this gun violence prevention and uh, through being part of gays against guns so and I was able to have an interview this week to talk about Fire Island because they're uh, it's Juneteenth on Monday, but uh, Bobek, our friends, uh, Atomic, uh, and I also spoke to Devin about their plans. And this is the biggest event for them this year. And we we talk about the march on the beach that they have. I participated last year where you they 
uh, similar to our HBs, hold a placard of someone as they um, walk across the shore, uh, take a knee for the amount of time that it took, you know, a knee on George Floyd's neck, uh, bringing a lot of attention to um, trans deaths and uh, police brutality. But they've been recognized by the governor's office recently. And, uh, you know, Tomic talks about wanting to bring not just inclusivity, but a sense of belonging. Um, and that was really important to talk about. And also making it affordable for others. You know, some beaches are, are free and cheap and it, it costs a bit to, to get to Fire Island if you were to just do it for a day trip. So anyway, yeah. Um, but they tell it better than I do. So why don't we listen to that? Sounds good. Let's listen. Welcome to Radio Gag. Thank it's you. Good to, you. Good to be here. To be here. Happy Pride, too. Yes, it's our month. Yeah, June is busting out all over. And we have got so many events and so many things going on. Uh, it's also Gun Violence Prevention Month. So it's sort of our busiest time. But we have to talk about our new favorite national holiday, Juneteenth. Absolutely. Um, it is a new, a new-ish holiday, <laughs> a federal holiday. Holiday. I put federal in for it. It's been a holiday for Black people for quite some time. Um, and it's something that is particularly novel to be celebrated around the United States. And um, our organization, the Black and Brown Equity Coalition, has um, kind of developed an event weekend surrounding the holiday, just as a time to uh, uplift and inspire and provide entertainment experiences um, for people who are on and off island and just want, you know, something different to do. And, and it unifies people as well. Absolutely. That's that's always, you know, one of the underlying goals in, of Babek is kind of like, you know, creating spaces for Black and Brown and transgender people to see reflections of themselves and, you know, come to a place where they feel like they're not just included. You know, I like how the way like DEI is being kind of like seen now is more like diversity, equity, and belonging is kind of a better word than inclusion because inclusion just kind of sounds like the gatekeepers are like, yeah, you can come in. We're including you. Whereas belonging. Now you're on the list. Yeah. <clears throat> belonging is just more a feeling of like, you feel like you are supposed to be there and you are welcome there. Um, and yeah, and connecting that, you know, uh, demographic with the demographic of the island, which is largely white. Um, and, you know, since 2020, there has been you know, a lot of uh, allies on the island who have wanted to find a way to like do something impactful when it comes to racial equity. And we kind of do our best to try to provide opportunities for that. I've been in HB for, for GAG and, and we, we did our joint um, um, March on the Beach last year. And just the reactions that you get from people, how much have you seen change over the last few years? It's been incremental, I would say, you know, I feel like not just on Fire Island, but just when you look at like um, society as a whole, American society as a whole, when you think about how in 2020 you would, you know, open up your social media and it would be like all these posts about 
read these books by black authors about anti-racism and and now you turn on the news and it's all about banning books by black authors um and it hasn't been that long since all that happened you know um same thing with you know the way we're seeing kind of like voting rights trying to be taken back or um definitely a more kind of um local and concerted effort for people to be involved with us and then it kind of like tapered off a little bit when they noticed how we actually activate <laughs> they're like oh wait they're not just performative they're actually like activists and they're actually holding people accountable and that made people uncomfortable and so there was like a while where it took people to um maybe like a minute to step back and have like a reckoning with their feelings and now this year we're seeing people kind of like dip their toes back in the water and being like okay you know what i actually do appreciate what you all are doing and i see the impact that you all are making and i and i want to be a part of it you know great there's an ability for humans to turn off their empathy and i think that's a glitch um, but america is a shining example of just turning off your empathy and, and moving on and the impact that people have when they are activated when their lives do change like wait no i am going to do something i think that's because you're your genuine self now and not what you've been marketed to believe yeah it's a shame because i feel like so much is just triggered by political climate and a news media cycle and that's kind of the conditions in which people are going to lend their support out um I mean, even just with things like, obviously, we're all in this together, we all intersect in a lot of these issues. Um, but it's like the focus right now is like what's going on with drag bans and transgender rights and just how we're seeing all these different states try to pass all these different varieties of laws that are just preventing people from pursuing gender affirming care. And, um, you know, that's really where I've, I, I've personally been putting a lot of effort on just my other campaigns and my other activist work, like in that bucket, just so we could get a lot of the awareness, got a, get a lot of the action when it matters with people who are actively voting, with people who are actively trying to influence politicians about what we really need to do here. And, um, you know, I, I agree with you. It's, it's it's an unfortunate glitch that like, you know, empathy has this like thing to switch itself on and off. And, you know, there's a lot that we need to be advocating for. And um, it's, just, it's very hard to do it all at once. You know, there's just a monument, there's a momentous amount of work that just needs to happen. And um, it's it's tough when you when you put yourself out there all the time and try to get other people to go to come with you. And, um, you know, I, I always I'm, I always appreciate that, like, you know, you start to see the baby steps of people just like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm going to support a cause. I'll donate towards a cause or like um, come out to an event, um, and especially, yeah, buy a T-shirt, you know, just doing those little things, um, I think, really, really make a difference um, to get started in this kind of work. But then eventually, you know, you start to volunteer your time, you start to take on different board positions, you start to volunteer um, it's a muscle for people. And I get that like people need to like do a little bit first and then they could add a little bit more weight as they go. Yeah. I, I, it's just, there's, there's a lot of weight is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think to carry um, in this climate, especially. Yeah. That's the challenge is, you know, you feel like, wait, you're purposely trying to tire us and wear us down by, you know, all these ridiculous nonsensical, you know, like you're saying laws and, um, you know, having Congress people wearing assault weapon pins instead of American flags, and like that culture change that uh, is happening and has gone over a large hump, I would say, 
we're feeling the backlash. And like I said, this has happened to me before. I felt it in the early 90s. We were calling it the gay 90s. And then bashing started happening. Uh, and it just became this thing where it's like, it's always going to have this horrible, violent, the worst version of people kind of come out as soon as we get any kind of progress. This event that you're, you know, that you do on, on the island, um, is this your your peak? Is that like the, the key thing you're planning to do each year? It's definitely our biggest event so far. Um, and it it's a huge undertaking. I mean, when we first started Juneteenth, I think what like fell on a Friday or Saturday. So we did like, you know, the three day weekend kind of thing. I think we overextended ourselves maybe a little bit. Everything went, everything went great, but we had a lot of ideas and somehow we, we implemented all of them. We did like 13 events on that first year when we, you know, had a small board and we're kind of still around that same number, but we've stretched it out a day. Now that Juneteenth falls on a Monday uh, this year, we're kind of going to do like a Friday to Monday and it's still like that same number of events. So yeah, just like um, strictly from the amount of events, it's like, you know, we don't, I don't know if there's ever an opportunity to do that again in the summer or if we want to, this is a, we spend all year working on this, <laughs> you know, wow. to, um, but we have, you know, other initiatives, but nothing as big as this for sure. Like to tell our listeners what to expect. Yeah. Well, this year um, we always do our beach solidarity March, which is something that gag has uh, teamed up with us on since the beginning. Um, and the Solidarity March is really kind of um, a march on the beach that honors the lives of um, Black and transgender, gender nonconforming people that have been lost to anti-LGBTQ violence or police violence. Um, we we start from both ends of the far ends of Fire, uh, Fire Island Pines and Cherry Grove and meet in the middle. Um, and when we meet in the middle, we take a knee for um, just over nine minutes. I can't remember the exact time, but it was the amount of time that the officer kneeled on George Floyd. Um, and that's always very impactful. And it's a moment of silence. Um, this year, we're going to stay on the beach for a little bit right after that happens. And um, we're going to have the governor's office has come out to give us proclamations to tell us, you know, for the work we've done on Fire Island for uh, Black and TGNCI equity, um, which is exciting. And then I usually give a speech, so I'll be giving a speech on the beach this year as well. What? How, how does that feel when you finally get that kind of, no, I know who you are and I'm going to send somebody? Like, when? how did that process happen? Um, You know how it feels? It feels like I wish we could get the same recognition from people on the island. Wow. Since the beginning, we have really tried to figure out like how we can work with the other community organizations. And largely we haven't been able to, <laughs> to be quite honest, because they're just not value aligned. We have, I think, really one organization, BAFO, which is the arts residency um, organization that has been out there for about a decade and has been doing the same kind of work really we've been doing um, but more focused through arts and residencies and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we get a lot of pushback. And so to have the governor come, I hope that it offers some kind of validation to the community to be able to see um, us be recognized um, by their office. And I hope that 
you know, it opened some hearts and minds, you know, to, to come join us because we became a community organization, like a membership organization this year. Um, and thank you. Yeah. And it's like, we have, we're still small. We have like 30 members. Um, but again, it's like that kind of seeing who's involved, you know, the Island is, it's like, um, mean girls. I don't know. It's like, (laughs) everybody at their respective lunch tables trying to figure out who's doing what with who before they like decide whether you're you know safe to be around or not or if you're going to tarnish their reputation and um when it comes to homeowners and share renters on the island especially in cherry grove um it's it has been hard for people to get involved with us and then see how it makes them unpopular when they step out onto the boardwalks and all of a sudden their friends are looking at them differently or like interacting with them differently because they're associated with us. Um, so yeah, you know, I think the governor's office is a, is a governor's proclamation is a huge deal. I mean, it's interesting because we were at a board meeting, I want to say three weeks ago with the community board of Terry Grove and, um, they run a they run a diversity arm, um, and you know they 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 do good work. They do a lot of community building, a lot of uplifting, like, and they do they do tackle like a lot of issues around race and a lot of, around like gender and just where the conversations need to go. And you know they 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 were advertising that they were going to do like a kind of like a, a anybody could join this sort of call where. They could ask questions about, you know, what is, what does it mean to have trans existence? Like, what does it, what does it mean to be transgender? And what, it, what does transgender existence look like? And how's that, how's that represent itself? And you realize that it's like, there's, everybody's at a different phase of this conversation. And to your point, like, it, it feels like with generational money and these property owners and things like that, you're, you have to bring them along for the journey, but you have to kind of see where they are at times. And, um, you know, the fact that they're having like a very basic, in my opinion, like conversation around like, you know, what is transgender equity? Um, and we've been having these conversations for years and years and years. It's like, you know, you really have to tailor to your audience and really and really make sure that, uh, you know, people have the space to make mistakes, ask tough questions or ask questions that seem silly. But, you know, they're really trying to make an effort to learn about the issues in the community. Um, so it's it's important for orgs like like Babak um, to be that change agent and to kind of push like even the local community boards to be like oh wow like we could really we could really scale up like we could really be having more in depth conversation and really be celebrating Black Brown and trans existence at a much higher scale. Um, so I think it's necessary for us to kind of be that push um, and just celebrate um, what we can um, just so that we could kind of like force the local community to kind of advance their own programming as well. Exactly. I mean, you wanted a sanctuary for everyone. You wanted a getaway for everyone. And and we do have and we do have parties during Juneteenth weekend too. It's not um all kind of like somber. No, I know. I go ahead. Describe me some of the parties that you have planned. Um well in the pines, you know, they're known to for the tea dance at the Blue Whale, which is kind of like an outdoor social gathering, I would say, dancing, drinking. Um, we have taken over the tea dance for all four evenings, um, Friday, Sunday, mm. and programmed uh, black DJs. We got Khalifa, we got Dick Appointment, we got uh who else did we get? Poppy Juice, Dark Mode. 
and trappy hour these are like some of like the biggest um you know queer black parties in new york city um so to have them all uh on the island for the weekend is going to be really fun it's normal uh, we do a drag pageant every year. There's been a Misfire Island pageant since I think, I think it's like their 56th anniversary or something like that. Anyway, they've crowned four black winners in that time. So you know, we had the idea to you know make sure we crown a black drag regent every single year. Um, and our pageant is amazing. Like it's it's kind of like the premiere <laughs> ticket for the weekend. Great. It gets, it gets bigger every year and the talent is last year it was all black trans femmes who entered um and they all turned it out um, i'm sure what what day would that be that's on saturday uh june 17th and then we also have the dragon sisters uh having their own show the dragon sisters are this dynamic duo um of dancers rappers entertainers and they have a really cool show with some special guests also. And that's going to be on Sunday night. Uh, what's sure. the best way for them to uh, do more research and see what else you have going on? You can either go to our website, babekfireisland.org. That's B-A-B-E-C, fireisland.org. Or you can text Juneteenth23 to 41444. And you'll get a link that takes you to all the information. I will say just... Come to Juneteenth on uh, Fire Island, uh, 16th through the 19th. Um, I think it's that their third year coming. Um, it's going to be our best celebration yet. And um, I think it's really going to be a great celebration of queer Black joy. And, um, you know, it, it's it's always an honor doing this work. And it's even more of an honor to see everybody showing up and participating in some way, whether it's through volunteering, whether it's through donating, whether it's through just enjoying the shows and enjoying what we have to offer. So, um, I just love to see everybody there. Great. One very important. I have been on um, the MPOX response team for with the White House since last July. And um, we have been talking about ways to make the vaccine equitable. Um, and in the past couple of weeks, we have seen MPOX cases pop back up in New York. Callan Lord has seen several of them. Um, there will be MPOX vaccinations happening on the island on Saturday. Um, 90% of the deaths that have happened from MPOX have been Black, cisgender, gay men. We want to make sure that everybody has their vaccinations. We're doing first and second doses. Make sure you get your vaccine. And the other thing is, you know, thinking about equity in all different types of ways. When we think about transportation equity, um, you know, one of the reasons Fire Island doesn't look like Reese Beach is because it's $5.50 to get to Reese Beach round trip, whereas Fire Island, it's almost $50. So we've teamed up with the Saville Ferry to have a limited amount of um, ferry tickets for people who find the price inaccessible. You get it complimentary. Um, so hopefully that helps with the, uh, the cost of the round trip to get there. Also reach out to us um, if you are one of those people and come to Juneteenth, even if it's just for a day trip, like, and you want to come and, um, you know, have a good time on a, on a weekend where you feel like you belong. This is Perfect. the time. Perfect feeling to have. Thank you both for being on Radio Gag. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear back about how wonderful uh, Juneteenth went on Fire Island. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. 
like us, you may be getting tired, frustrated, anxious, or just plain furious that Americans die in shootings, suicides, and mass murders pretty much daily in our country. Meanwhile, our elected officials do nothing about our right to live and be safe from guns. Activists are making an all-out push to get Senator Schumer to bring the assault weapons ban to a vote. The bill needs bipartisan support to become law, and this is unlikely. Gag and other gun violence prevention groups want this vote because it will show Americans if their elected officials care about their lives or support the billions in profits that the gun manufacturers make. No one has been working harder on this accountability vote uh, over the last five years than Sam Schwartz, who lost his cousin and best friend, Alex Schechter, uh, in the Parkland massacre of 2018. We joined Sam Schwartz, his family, and many survivors of gun violence and mass shootings at the Survivor sit-in in D.C. Uh, June 8th. Now, there, I spoke with Carolyn Pryor, a young activist who shares a story of gun violence with us now. Okay. Uh, Good afternoon, listeners. I'm here with Carolyn Pryor, and she is with Luna Liaisons that is part of Lives Robbed that started after Uvalde. Correct. Yeah. And she has a story to tell us. Can you tell us the story about about your friend who was in the Las Vegas yes. massacre? Yes. Um, so, uh, one of my friend's husbands, who is uh, in the Border Patrol and is combat trained because he's he serves um, in the Border Patrol, was at the Las Vegas shooting, and because of his combat training, he knew that he in between reloading had approximately 10 to 12 seconds to run away from the sound of the pop, 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 continuous uh, gunshots. And so he utilized his combat training um, and would listen to the continuous fire. As soon as there was a break, he'd get off the ground and run. After that 10 seconds, he'd dip down again he had experiences where he was covered in other people's blood um, and then he would as soon as the um, continuous firing would stop he'd get back up again and run um, it's important I think for everyone now in our current society to understand what to do when there is a semi-automatic rifle being fired into a crowd you should not just try to run away when the, you are hearing shots fired you should get down as low to the ground as possible you should try to barricade yourself with something and as soon as you hear a pause in the um, popping noises get up and run as far away from the sounds as you can and I think this story is really important um, nowadays because even as common citizens We need to know what to do in this situation because weapons of war are accessible to a common citizen in our country. And until we have an assault weapons ban, I think everyone needs to know this piece of information because instinctually what you would do is run away from the noise, whereas you actually should get low and try to cover yourself um, and only run when there's a pause in the sounds. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I'm sorry that we have to be here today, but I'm proud to be here with you, with Gays Against Guns, 
with everyone who's gathered here to ban assault weapons and stop this madness now. Thank you so Certainly. much for being on Radio Gag. Thank you. Thank you. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Gun Show. You can hear us on any podcast platform. We want to hear from you. So subscribe and leave a message after you listen. After five years of broadcasting, Radio Gag is developing and changing. Tell us what you love about Radio Gag or what really makes you gag about gun violence prevention. This is an official call to action. So how do you become involved in Gays Against Guns and the GVP movement? Well, if you're listening, you're probably already involved, and there are actions you can get involved in today and coming up. Call your senator and congressional rep and ask if they are co-sponsoring the assault weapons ban. That's capital switchboard number is 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. Call your representatives and ask them to co-sponsor the assault weapons ban, 202 202- Two two four, three one two one. Join us at the Queer Liberation March Sunday, June twenty fifth. Stepping off from Foley Square in Manhattan at two p.m. Republican hate kills. We have an actual Disney villain, aka Ron DePantis, running for president. A gag will bring our theatrical queerness and faggotry to this march, calling a stop to the bans on trans rights and drag performers. So email gagsignup at gmail.com. That's G-A-G-S-I-G-N-U-P, gagsignup, at gmail.com to join us at the Queer Liberation March, stepping off from Foley Square in Manhattan at 2 p.m., And that is on Sunday, June 25th. And I will see you there. Last Sunday in June. And here's an invitation to see David Mills Cabaret Show at Pangea in Manhattan. Take it away, Libby Edwards and David Mills. Hello, everyone. This is Radio Gag, and I'm Libby Edwards. Today, I'm very happy to introduce David Mills, a comic writer and cabaret artist. As an actor, David has appeared alongside Hugh Grant and Meryl Streep in Florence Foster Jenkins and in Patrick Melrose with Benedict Cumberbatch. He will also be appearing in the upcoming Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny with Harrison Ford. David has also appeared with comedians Margaret Cho, Ed Byrne, and Trevor Noah. He's performed his cabaret act in New York, London, San Francisco, and Paris, among other places, and his writing appears in the popular substack, Quality Time. I made David's acquaintance during his current cabaret show, Glamour and Despair, which is described, and I quote, as a song and rant routine, hysterically jaded look at life on the edge of the apocalypse. So welcome, David. Tell us about your show, and what do you see as the apocalypse? Well, uh, gosh, the show really is a a sort of a compilation of thoughts and uh, ideas that I've um, that that I've come to as an American expat. So, for the past twenty three years, I've been living in London. Of course, coming back to the U.S. 
But now I'm returning to live again in New York City, sort of closing my London chapter and opening a new chapter in New York City uh, in my life. And, you know, it's as an American abroad, you really see the U.S. from a different angle, you know, and, and, and you know, 23 years is a long time to be an outsider viewing the U.S. It's one thing to live for a year or two or even a decade, but but two and a half, almost just over two decades, you really begin to see some patterns and, and um, uh, trends that perhaps we miss sometimes when we're in the midst of the U.S., you know, living there. It's hard sometimes to see ourselves for who we really are or who the rest of the world sees. And so Glamour and Despair really tries to pick at those themes around celebrity, around uh, LGBT stuff, around politics, uh, gun violence, um, just a whole range of uh, topics and, and um, areas that I, I like to comment on and talk about. So that's that's sort of the show with, with music and jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You're an American who's now a British citizen coming back. That's right. And d does the idea of coming from a fairly safe country into the United States, which is becoming more and more unsafe the minute you get out of the major, well, I mean, I feel like the minute you get out of New York City, which isn't yeah. even particularly safe. I mean, there's gun violence in New York City, but it, so far, I don't think we've had AR-15s in, <laughs> involved. But um, how is that affecting you? Do you think about that at all? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I, I was in, and you saw me last, I was in New York. Uh, I was there from February through April, sort of trying it out. And in that period, decided, okay, I'm going to move back. So then I've come back to London for a month to kind of wrap things up. And I return in on the 12th of June. But in this time here, funnily enough, there have been two or three, three articles in various British media from Americans who've recently moved to London. Some parents and others, they didn't talk about their kids, but one of the reasons that they've moved is this constant drumbeat or this constant cascade of these mass shootings and how insecure they feel and how terrified they are for their children. I will say that gun crime has been on the rise in London, and that's a brand new thing for us. But it's not, it, it is nothing in, in comparison even to low gun uh, cities in the US. Do you know what I mean? We're really starting from zero. Uh, so a little bit of an increase, everyone's sort of weirded out about. Well, in this country, we're experiencing this just incredible surge of anti-gay, anti-drag, anti-trans, anti-everything that isn't straight white on their knees praying to Jesus. Mm. And, you know, religious differences, everything, anti-Semitism is horrible. Mm. Um, is, is that going on in London at all? Or There's in England, in the UK? Yeah, I mean, there's a similar kind of right-wing nationalism that we saw rise in the in the Brexit moment that continues to uh, be active in this country. There's increasingly some of this rhetoric that feels imported from the U.S., this sort of anti-gay rhetoric. Um, 
a bit of anti anti drag stuff going on. The trans conversation in this country is a little bit more divided than perhaps we see in the U.S. Uh, so some of that is, is seeping in as well. Um, it, it has a different flavor here uh, than than what we see in the U.S. The it's it's a more moderate country overall, mm -hmm. you know. So even the extremes feel moderate compared to the U.S. Wow, and I was so taken at with your song "Life During Wartime," <laughs> which absolutely addresses our current politics and what the seminal incident that created them uh, and continues to create them. And I'm just wondering, uh, how did you write that? It's so incredibly good and well done. And when you delivered it, when you sang it in the show, I just, my jaw dropped and I said, I have to share this on Radio Gag. Kind of you. Well, you may know that it is a kind of rewritten version of Life During Wartime written by the Talking Heads. So, right. I, I so didn't realize the title. I certainly recognized the the rhythm, I was reading it aloud the other day and I said, oh, David Byrne. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. And I'm he's he's a real inspirational character for me. You know, I, he's such a great, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s and he was a real figure in my growing up. And, and I, I think he's, and has been shown to be kind of a great American artist. And I think people are really coming around to his importance as an artist influential artists. And that that song in particular, uh, Life During Wartime, to me felt like the perfect way to, um, it always had this sort of feeling of dread to it, you know what I mean? And I think that's what January 6th, and certainly all of the Trump era, really felt like, at least for me, and I wasn't even in the midst of it, I was here observing <laughs> it, you know what I mean? It just felt like dread, constant waking up with this constant feeling of dread. And I wanted to kind of something about the rhythm of that song kind of gets under your skin and, and you begin to feel that kind of paranoia creeping up. And so I just changed the lyrics to make it more specifically about January 6th and some of the kind of language and discourse that those people use when, you know, when defending that that moment, you know, and also to kind of poke fun at them, you know, so many of them were kind of weekend warriors and, really? you know, cosplay revolutionaries, you know what I mean? And we're That's all getting that back at the Fridays afterwards, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> they didn't know what they were doing. They, they're just driven by this, this kind of vague anger and resentment and they don't even know what they're what they're doing half the time it seems or at least a lot of them didn't and i tried to capture that in the song that feeling as well well i i certainly think you did so here we are going to play it now for our listeners a van loaded with weapons packed up and ready to go heard of that church group they're boarding buses as conspiracy grows calling all believers all christian soldiers 
calling patriots now. We're gonna show them the real America now that we're Washington bound. This ain't no party, this ain't no disco, this ain't no fooling around. No time for dancing or lovey-dovey. making phone calls in her twin set and pearls. Well, Steve Bannon's screaming down his podcast as the scandal unfurls. The sound of chanting off in the distance. I'm getting used to it now. Look, there's the Donald backlit and waving, urging us forward somehow. We got the message. We got the floor plans. We got the fire inside. Let's storm the barricades. What good are barricades? Now that the traitors can't hide. Ah, this ain't no party. This ain't no disco. This ain't no fooling around. This ain't no tailgate or silent vigil. I ain't got time for that now. Oh, fuck, we're inside. Somehow we're inside. What we supposed to do now? Could smash a painting or shit on the carpet. Are there cameras around? Is it just me or are these folks weirdos in their furs and face paint? Huh. Get a load of the shaman. Have you seen the shaman? Yeah, Braveheart he ain't. Heard about Rudy or Sidney Powell? Heard about my pillow guy? I had to block them. They're bananas. I'm more of a rational MAGA guy. I'm getting bored now. Might hit the hotel, go back and might take a nap. Maybe later, at the Fridays. Yeah, let me know how this wraps. Oh, look for babies, somewhere they're babies. They're eating babies, you know. Nancy Pelosi loves eating infants. Q said it was so. You go ahead now, disrupt the vote count and stop the steal today. Another riot, another shooting in good old U.S. of A. In good old U.S. of A. In good old U.S. of A. U.S.A. 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 Oh, I get it. You're all groomers. Thank you, David. It's been wonderful to spend time with you today. And for our listeners, you can hear more of David. He will be performing Glamour and Despair in New York on June 15th and 22nd, and again on July 6th and 13th in the Cabaret Room of Pangea Restaurant and Bar on 2nd Avenue. For tickets, go to www.pangeanewyork.com. And that's PangeaNYC.com. So, David, again, we're just so happy that you were able to make time for us today. Uh, we will look forward to seeing you on stage at Pangea in a, in a few days. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you again. It's time to end our show. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. 
everybody's welcome to any and all gag events thanks for listening and you can get our new episodes in your inbox when you subscribe to radio gag the gays against guns show and you can listen to our previous shows anytime on any major podcast platform and our shows are featured on brick brick free speech radio b-r-i-c free speech radio please subscribe to our podcast so you'll be notified when the shows drops And at this time, we are not producing new shows on WBAI. We're here for you. Have a safe and great day.